Blog Talk Radio. You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. Your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Soul Scribe. And welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of Intelligent Radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning, Soul Scribe. Thank you, Queen, for being with us this Saturday morning as we continue a conversation from Thursday nights pop-up show on, I would say now, the infamous Queen and Slim, the movie, What Say You is the this morning's discussion question with the Queen. Thank you for being with us. If you will, say hello to all the truth seekers. Give people a little bit of your background as we continue this dynamic dialogue of this movie. Whether you love it or hate it, it is kicked out. It is definitely a lot to talk about, if you will. Go ahead, Queen. Thanks again for being with us. Oh, no problem. Good morning, King. Good morning, Truth Seekers. Um, I am Soul Scribe the Poet, and uh, it's an honor, of course, to always, you know, share and have conversations um, with um, intellectuals who, you know, um, are here to speak the complete truth and honesty, br- brutally as it may be sometimes. Um, I am, of course, a poet, mom, uh, a writer, and uh, activist uh, on so many different levels, especially when it comes to my poetry. Um, it was an exciting movie to see, and um, I'm looking forward to um, uh, just, you know, chopping it up with everyone today. No, absolutely. We're going to continue peeling it back, as I was fortunate enough, as I mentioned, uh, I promoted this as part two. Uh, for some of you may have caught part one, which is a, a video. We tried to do a pop-up video show. Got started a little late with some technical difficulties, didn't share it in time or whatever, but some did catch it. Again, that show was called Queen and Slim. The, uh, she hated, she loved it. He hated it. So I had the featured guest, um, Ashley 
Jocelyn Afford as well as C. Rick, another spoken word artist in the Atlanta area. And we basically did our dialogue, kind of breaking down the movie, and we basically had an hour. And the reality is whether you like the movie, love the movie, hate the movie, don't want to see the movie, it definitely can't be broken down in an hour. And I said, you know what, let's continue the discussion for from Thursday night, if you will, we'll definitely give some context because I basically put the promotions out say, hey, did you love it? Did you hate it? Or do you refuse to see it? So I'm hoping we do get some callers in reference to it. I'm pretty sure for those who haven't seen it, they're probably saying, well, I don't want to listen to to it if I hadn't seen it yet. I don't want any spoilers for those who plan to go see it. But if you're one of those people who have, you know, refused to see it or, uh, matter of fact, I was just chopping it up with, with my sister. And she was skeptical about seeing it because of what she's seen out there, in a sense, on social media, what some of her friends had said. Because, again, what what I said on Thursday night, and I wanted to see if you've been seeing the same dynamic, so described, was simply that the critics, if you will, I don't know if you looked at any of the critics, but for the most part, the critics are rating it average to good. I mean, just in general, that's what I'm seeing out there from the critics, per se. But within our mm-hmm. own community and on social media, what I've seen is extremes. People mm-hmm. adored the movie or mm-hmm. people went as far as calling it trash. So that's what I've seen on social media, yeah. and that's <laughs> the part that I want to continue to peel back as we begin to do on Thursday. I want to continue peeling that part back. But, again, the first question to you is what that, what are you seeing out there as far as how people are seeing the movie before we even get into our own thoughts about the movie itself? What, well, what I'm seeing is, like you said, extremes. It's either – I loved it. You've got to see it. It's such a great representation of, of where we are today. Uh, and then you have other people who who are saying it's trash, it's elementary writing, it's, you know, um, it doesn't make, a lot of it doesn't make sense. So, you know, I, I, I'm i seeing all of it. It's, it's, of course, you know, with me being a poet, I have a lot of, you know, people who, you know, tend to think a little bit deeper and um, and then there's those who are, you know, I think are looking really surface and not really looking at the symbolism in it. But, yeah, just like you, it's the same thing. But I'm, I think it's great that we're finally talking about it's got people talking. I think that's the great thing, you know, when you can get people talking about black love, community, you know, police brutality and all of the systematic oppression that's going on. I think it's, it's really good conversation. Yeah, ultimately, that's the goal of art, I would say, right? Um, again, you know, sometimes people don't look at, in a sense, movies um, for the, you know, in the way they are presented or whatever as art. But from the standpoint of someone, you know, writing it and presenting their artistic expression, if you will, uh, you typically, typically feel like you've accomplished something, I would say, even when you see these dynamics. I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, as, as Erica Badu said, I'm sensitive about my stuff. I'm pretty sure uh, no <laughs> art, artist likes to see people, in a sense, degrading what they're saying. But it's not a consensus here that people are disliking it, right? People are, again, completely mm-hmm. diametrically opposed is what I'm seeing out there. So anytime yeah. you accomplish that to a certain extent, art has, in a sense, served its purpose. I would say even mm-hmm. more so than even when something's getting highlighted as everybody's saying is great, which is a good thing, of course. Mm-hmm. We, we would yeah. all, I write myself. So, of course, anytime mm-hmm. I write a piece, I would love to hear everybody say, I love it, I love it, I love it. <laughs> but as far as affecting, if, if your intent, because I, mm-hmm. I think we can both agree that Lena Waite, the writer of this 
movie and those that got behind it, there was much more intent than just for us to like it, if you will, right? And so if that is, in fact, what she was attempting to do, in a sense, to move the needle somewhat, you know, in a sense, tell a story and move the needle culturally, again, whether you loved it or hated it, I can, I think we can both agree she's accomplished that, if nothing else. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So now I'll go ahead and get your personal thoughts before we go to our first break. I may get mine in for the break. But your personal thoughts of how you saw the movie uh, yourself, again, from from your viewpoint, what did you, what did you see? Um. Overall, what I saw was when I when I left the movies, I I really was excited to see these two leading black actors. I'm talking about black, <laughs> beautiful actors. Melanated. Um, in this, yes, melanated, just popping everywhere, all over the screen. And I mean, I loved it. It was um, there was a lot of symbolism I saw throughout the movie that I really loved how they they played, the writing was so great. I love the foreshadowing, the fact that there was symbolism. It wasn't just some movie thrown together, you know, that didn't have any deeper meanings. It wasn't just some action film just to get you excited and your adrenaline pumping. pumping. There was, I mean, it was was very thought-provoking. I I mean, I loved, um, you know, just the fact that we, we are now really, Getting, really having these conversations, like I said earlier, about, about black love, community, police brutality, and just systematic oppression, all of these things are really being brought to the front right now. We're, we're having debates, and we're, we're, you know, and even challenging the people who say they hate it, you know, giving them different perspectives that they may not have even thought of. So uh, I felt like they did an incredible job. I felt like, yes, this is, this, you know, this is our Bonnie and Clyde. Like, why not? Why not have our own, even if it wasn't intentional? You know, why can't we just, you know, embrace, you know, a, a great movie that is highlighting the times? And, you know, like, you know, these art, and that's what art is supposed to do. We're As artists, we're supposed to, you know, um, express the times that we're in and represent that as well as, as, of course, the past. But, you know, what are we dealing right now? And right now, I feel like they did a great job of tackling that, so. Uh, fair enough. Well, we are up against the break, so I'll give you my thoughts coming um, out of this first break. And I will say okay. we're going to uh, – where I think there's no disagreement on Subscribe is how amazing the soundtrack was and how oh, much of yeah. a part of the movie that it was. So with that said, we're going to grace everyone with a taste of the soundtrack throughout the breaks of the show or whatever. We're going to go to commercial oh, and nice. you'll hear some of the music from this amazing soundtrack. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. This morning's discussion question, Queen and Slim, the movie, What Say You? Part two of our continued discussions from Thursday's night pop-up show. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. Karate for Children is offered every Sunday at Mount Vernon Presbyterian Church Gymnasium from 2.45 to 4.15 p.m. for ages 5 to 14 years old. Children will learn Japanese karate as well as self-defense prevention skills to handle today's situations like bullying and child abductions. For only $10 a class, children will gain confidence, self-control, and focus all while having fun and getting good physical fitness. 
There are no bench warmers because everyone participates. Come join our family every Sunday at 471 Mount Vernon Highway, Northeast, Sandy Springs, Georgia, 30328. For more information, call B-Champs at 770-643-1286. Again, that number is 770-643-1286. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Soul Squad. This morning's discussion question, Queen and Slim, the movie, What Say You? Again, part two of a continued discussion from our Thursday night pop-up show. You heard this. I love that song. Um, Tiana Major, and along with some other special guests, we didn't get to that part of the song, but Collide, I think it's a perfect name when you consider uh, what the, 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 the backdrop of this movie. Again, we will be playing songs from the soundtrack. Again, one part that I don't think anyone is disagreeing on as far as how good or bad the movie was. Uh, to give you my take, uh, Soul Scribe, we do have a caller out there. For the caller that wants to get in, if you, you do have to press one to let us know that you want to speak. For any, may give, go ahead and give the number out for others who may want to get in. The number to get in this morning to give us your three cents on this morning's discussion is 646-787-1691. Again, that number is 646 646- Seven eight seven one six nine one. For my take, Soul Scribe, I'll say what I said the other night on the pop-up show. I literally felt like I watched perfection on the screen. Okay. I literally mm-hmm. went and saw the movie on Wednesday night by myself. Still couldn't believe it. I went to see the 9 o'clock. It was sold out. I'm like, this movie still sold out? Like, I couldn't believe it. So I had to go to the late night 10 o'clock movie, mm-hmm. so I go see it. And when I signed up for that, it was only a few seats left for that. I'm like, in the middle of the week, this movie is still mm-hmm. setting, selling out? Now, of course, we're in yeah. Atlanta, so I guess I shouldn't be all that surprised. As a matter of fact, <laughs> my guest from Thursday night actually told me that when I was in the same, I said, hey, if you want to do this show, I said, I'm going to go see it. And she was like, it's selling out. And I'm like, oh, I'm not in Atlanta. I'm kind of below Atlanta. It's not going to be sold out down here, <laughs> below Atlanta right. on a Wednesday night. <laughs> Lo right. and behold, I got home late Wednesday night, mm-hmm. if you will, right? So <laughs> with that said, the movie ends, and I literally, everybody's leaving during the credits. And I'm a music head, and I know you are as well. And, again, we're going to mm-hmm. keep featuring the soundtrack. 
but the music's on. I'm so touched by the movie, which is pretty typical for me. If I'm touched, I'll kind of stay through some of the credits. Typically not all, but the music yeah. is so dope, and I was so touched yeah. by the movie, as I say, perfection. I literally I'm in the movie theater at this point by myself until the credits run through. Three songs played during that time. <laughs> and really? So I could, yes, I literally you know, put out on a, I guess on a, I guess I've not tweeted out, but I put on a Facebook post in the theater alone, list, you know, just that move by this movie. We actually got a caller that wants to get in. And so I, okay. before I peel back my, my concept of movie perfection on a screen, let's go ahead and hit, see what the caller has to say about this, this morning's discussion. Area code two five three last three eight two three. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents. What say you on Queen and Slim the movie? Thanks for calling in this morning. How are you doing? Well, peace, family. This is a great conversation. You should love the knowledge more on the live Blue the Knowledge Radio. Um, I'm glad that I can finally find a outlet that presents a balanced outlook on this particular film. Um my three cents on the film is I think, you know, I can agree with assessments that, you know, that you have given in regards to the artist, you know, artistic ability, you know. Mm-hmm. Finally, we have a movie that deals with chocolate love, for a lack of better words. You understand what I mean? I like it. I like it. And the infusing of all of the films that we love that showed us black love in a in a tumultuous situation. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just black love. It wasn't just, you know, we puppy-eyed love. No, this was under extreme duress. We seen black trust. You understand what I'm saying? And we also saw that Absolutely. this process. This looked like an entire life over a span of six days. There are things yes. that they learned about each other that it would take folks in the relationship a lifetime. You see what I'm saying? Mm. With no, absolutely. no tug of war, nothing thrust in the middle. You know, this is a, a date, and they're in there playing sentimental mood, and, and then she said, yo, did you start watching it, listening to this before or after Love Jones? Who didn't get that moment like, damn? <laughs> you understand right. what I'm saying? It's like, he, right. he's like I, 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 I was on it. Then, he, then he's like, he did like they had like that Eleanor Rock type of situation. If I remember that that show, uh, Eleanor and, and yes, Rock. <laughs> that moment he he's like he's like no, nah, I was listening to it before. No, nah, you're right. I started listening to it more after. Like that, it's just it's something like it just was. It, it was. You understand what I'm saying? Like when Eleanor used to ask Rock about his plans because he come in with all his plans. He'd be like, "Well, I ain't figured that out yet." You understand what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> that's, that's such a dope so reference like this, point. Keep going, King. I'm just loving yeah. that reference point. But go ahead, King. They had they had to set it all vibing in. They had the Jason's lyric. Mm-hmm. That's real. It was, wow. it was so, it was so rich with all of those details. When you start looking at it, I was like, damn, they put everything that they could possibly. Yeah, put you're in. opening <laughs> me up, King. Like I, I feel like right. I caught a lot, and I'm not, not. And I, I, know, I just want to highlight as you continue to speak. I'm not cutting you off as much as I want to let you know you're opening me up to 
Like as you say it, I'm getting chill bumps thinking, yeah. you're right, all that was in there. Like I like I gotta go yeah. see it again today. You know what I mean? But go ahead, King, finish what you're saying, brother. I just want to right. tell you you're right. Mm-hmm. As much as I thought I called, I didn't even take time to consider what you're saying. Go ahead though. You got Boo King Woodmine in there from yes. Jason's lyrics. And Absolutely. now he's mad dog in the film. He's mad right. dog. Like he hated Mad Dog and he he became Mad Dog, the war vet, trying to find his way after mm. you understand what I'm saying? Like mm. this whole situation wow. is, like it comes back. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, this this is this is just me looking at it and inferring upon it, but it's not I'm, you, you well, know, I don't, don't know Lena Waits wrote the movie. I can't imagine that what you're saying isn't part of what she was doing. Because she did mm. such a brilliant job and that's the beauty of artists and writers. They, they they kind of put stuff in sometimes for those who gonna catch it. That's what they put it in there for. So I couldn't imagine. Yeah. I can't imagine that you're wrong. Like I would love for you to be able to ask her what you're saying is was this what right. you were doing? I would not be shocked if her answer was wasn't. Thank you for catching it, King. Go ahead though. I'm sorry. Go ahead, brother. No, that's good. I mean, like there were so many scenes, like the the love making scene. That was that was all of the the movies that we've seen. And then they added that element from Jason's lyric when Tretch and, and the you know the other sister mm-hmm. was outside, mm-hmm. outside, and who came right. with Bond again? He was on the thing like Sugar Hill. He came in there with the gun like you ain't got to leave no more. I took care of that shit. You know what I mean? Like like all of that together. <laughs> you understand? <clears throat> Excuse me. You understand what I'm saying? Like this was Romello's little brother. You know, saying, "Hey, you ain't got to leave. I took care of that. Everything right. care of you. You ain't got to go." Right. You right. Know what I'm so all right. these together, looking like this is what it feels like. You see what I'm saying? And then if you sing the hate you give with that protest scene, mm-hmm. you understand what I'm saying? Like putting that back. Yeah. And that young real. brother, that young brother, he had his own voice. He was like. You know, I, I want to be like this. I want y'all to remember me like this. You know, like y'all. Let me let so me let's break that part down. Think. While I got you, King. Let me break that part down right there because this came up on our. Because again, this is our part two of this actual discussion, if you will. Mm-hmm. So let's break down that part because this is something that uh, my guest Ashley mentioned when it came to that young brother, and this was so dope. And I would love to hear your thoughts about it because when she brought it up it it really put things in perspective for me so clearly for a lot of people and at least on the show Thursday my my two guests they said you know that moment with the young brother you know unfortunately killing the cop on the spot right they said for them that was the hardest part of the movie here's something that she mentioned and I want to hear just hear your thoughts knowledge born thanks for calling in brother Um, she said we were talking about the dynamic of how young activists see themselves in the world and the, in obviously the foreshadowing of him, in a sense, wanting to go down in infamy. He made that very clear when, you know, that same mechanic who didn't agree with what, the, you know, what the king and queen, you know, what Queen and Slim had done because he put that out openly. But at the same time, when they said, how do we know you're not going to get us? sends his son. So that was powerful in the fact that he still fixed it, even though I'm just kind of throwing in a bunch right now before I get to the to the real question, you know, just highlighting it because these are things that we talked about. But ultimately, 
that young man wanting to live in infamy, what Ashley, I guess, brought up on Thursday night was she said it was capturing the dynamic of how act, younger activists see themselves in the world now. We're in a world now, due to social media, there's this idea of being an influencer or being noticed or being known. Like, that's a big part of, you know, for this generation due to the world that they're growing up in, whereas we know Mm -hmm. historically activists just did the work and may have, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe gotten known as they did their work. But she was just highlighting that she felt that Lima Wave captured Though know, that moment that surprised us all because, you know, did, you know, who, who expected the kid to pull the trigger? You know, if you, if you, right. can, if you're that good, you're good. But the most people were shocked and blown away that the kid pulled the trigger. And she pointed out that it was highlighting the younger generation need to be noticed and how mm-hmm. they may have a completely different perspective on what activism is due mm-hmm. to that added concept of needed infamy needing to be known, and she was just kind of pointing right. out that that may be how young people are processing, processing this and their actions can kind of be misled. Because if you think about it, Queen of Slim accidentally got into that role. So for that young man to look at them and admire them as if they were intentional, because that's how he had to see it in order to admire them to the point where he made that step. It's funny when you – contrasted against the fact that it was an accident for them to even be in that role and his desire to be infamous played out surprisingly for all of us. So again, I know I said a lot there, but I wanted to unpack that part while I had you on, King. So any thoughts about what Ashley brought to the table of how are we teaching the next generation to understand these incredible difficult dynamics, uh, whether it be you know our back and forth with the police in our community? Any thoughts on that, King? I think that was a very, very dynamic uh, way to look at a divide from one generation to the next and how communication uh, is key in regards to, you know, having these these conversations uh, boldly but having the ability to listen. The old man told them, mm-hmm. he said, I know who you are. I may be old, but I'm not blind. Look at his mm-hmm. Versus when, you know, Slim called his father and his father hung up on him because he was about to tell him where the hell they was going. You know, right, trying to hear right. That. He said, he said we're going to catch him. He said, but not like this, and hung the phone up. So yeah, yeah like, you're not going to do it. I ain't going to help you. I don't agree with what you're doing, whatever you did, but I know your heart. I mean, you know, I'm your father, so this is what, you know, this is what you got to do. They went to the uncle house, the uncle, uncle, hey. But then he got into that. He took them through the jungle of the mind. Like, look, y'all ain't leaving to y'all shaved your head, blah, 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 this, 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 this. So he mm-hmm. equipped them with what it was supposed to be in order for them to go. You see what I'm saying? So they they were yep. met with opposition along the way, but respect at the same time. So you come to this town, and you don't even know. Nobody knows who you are, but everybody knows who you are. They went to go dancing. You know, and, and the queen mother in there while they was dancing, don't, don't worry, you stay here. Everybody in there knew what they you understand? So it was, it was there were elements to show you, okay, even down to the cops that let them get away. You see what I'm saying? So yeah, it's a lot to it, brother. Let, hey, let me jump, let me jump in. I want to hear. I want to jump in. I want to if I if I can. Let me. I want to hear Soul Scribe's thoughts about specifically that conversation with the younger people and how they're seeing it. Again, I wanted to. I'm definitely trying to peel back that dynamic because I thought it was a great idea that Ashley brought to the table. So. 
Um, any, any thoughts on that soul scribe again? Because what, what she was saying was we have to figure out how to discuss this so that young people, in a sense, are not interpreting things in a mm-hmm. manner that that it does not – that maybe – I don't think she said this specifically, but that's how I took it, and that are not right. maybe not as effective due to how they're processing all of this. Any thoughts on that um, real quick, Queen? Right, yes, um, absolutely. Um, I feel like um, social media, of course, is, you know, everyone wants to be famous, everybody wants to be known. And I felt like the young boy was more concerned with infamy than activism. Um, I feel like he might have been on their side and agreed, but I feel like his desire to to leave to be you know ha, you know have his legacy within all of this and and how attractive the fame was. I mean, you, when he was glaring off, when he was talking to them, and he was looking out, like I mean, he was just so enamored by the whole situation mm-hmm. that he he I don't think he was thinking clearly, and his judgment was off because, like you said, we live in an age of social media. Everybody's constantly trying to be somebody, show who they are, and um, that's what I felt. I, I did, like I said, I didn't feel like it was. More of the activism that he was concerned with. He wanted people to, he wanted his name to go down in history books, you know. And unfortunately, most activists, if we, as we know, were not intentionally put into those situations. Rosa Parks, you know, uh, so many uh, Sada were not intentionally put in those those situations that happened, and they had to deal with it, and they became who they were to us, you know, in history. So. Um, you know, some of the, and like you said, some of the people these days, especially the younger generation, you know, are, are fueling off of that. Oh, I'm going to make a name for myself. And um, you have to be careful with that because, you know, he took another man's life. You know, we get so, uh, you know, starry eyed at the thought of being you know, famous. And uh, I think she did a great job of showing that. And hopefully a lot of people recognize that that was not, that that really, in my opinion, was not uh, him being an actor um at all um I, it was more self-serving um in my opinion so no, i don't think enough. people and, saw and, and, the gunshot at coming at all a lot of people were saying the movie was so predictable and they could tell in the elementary right and i'm like no one knew that boy had a gun in his hand and was about to right. Shoot the cop. right yeah I, I feel like that she definitely gave us plenty of elements of surprise and again i think the beauty of it is as you're breaking down specifically what that young man thought I think the bigger context is if this movie can drive us to now figure out what are these young people, how they're seeing things. Like, can we, can it drive us to have that conversation? Because without this movie, maybe we're not considering how young people are seeing all of this. I think the movie mm-hmm. forces us to consider it anytime we are in these situations. How are young pro- young people processing these things in today's social media age? So I thought that yeah. was a beautiful highlight. Now let's go on. I'm up. Mine. Yeah, we're up against the break. We're up against the break, so okay. let me knock the break out, okay. and we'll come back with it. Um, now, we're we all up against the break. Brother, if you will, come off the one. If you want to come back in anytime later, you can just hit one, and I know you want to come back in. So when I let you go, just hit the one, and then if you want to come back in, we will get you back in. Thanks a lot for your amazing thoughts. Again, you brought some stuff to the table that I hadn't even thought about. So thanks a lot, King, for mm-hmm. your three this morning. <laughs> Thank you. King, you still there? Yes, I'm, I'm I, was lose you. I was just saying, yeah, I was saying thank you for your thoughts, man. Just come off the one and get back on it if you want to get back in. I just want to say thank you for your three cents this morning, King. All right, appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. We're going up against the break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Square Business Entertainment brings you their latest hit. 
I Really Want You by Taylor Pace. Take a listen.
aspects of the movie that take us other places. Just like I was mentioning with the the young activist, like as you said, I didn't like you said I didn't think of it the way you said it that his he actually wasn't an activist in your opinion. It was more selfish motivated, mm-hmm. which I think mm-hmm. you're absolutely right about. And again, as I was saying before the break, the bigger context is now as a society we might need to be concerned with that especially in the social media age. We already see issues with it anyway, right? Just in general, right. in, in you know, the way social media affects all of our lives, even us as adults and especially young people. But I've never yeah. thought about it in the context of activism, specifically in this area. That's another consideration, and I'm thankful to the movie that we can even think about that. And I won't, you know, and the next time I'm talking to young people, it won't leave my mind if we're having, for example, a Know Your Rights uh, session or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this, this movie will now make me talk about other things. And so speaking of speaking of other things, you know, you and I had some discussion this week because uh, you were able to listen to Thursday's show. And the aspect, which I think is the most beautiful dynamic, in my opinion, of the entire movie, was as even – Knowledge Born was mentioning how they got to know each other over those six days. There was major, major contracts, contrast mm. to the extent that, you know, we found out in the movie she wouldn't even have went out on a second date had they not got mm-hmm. into this infamous moment because they were pretty right. much entirely different, you know, entirely mm-hmm. different. I mean, I remember, they were. I remember one time to her even in, you know, when, they were, when she was talking about not going on a second date, how she – likes and prefers being alone. Like it was snuck in there very quickly, but it was basically breaking down the character of who she was starting out as, right? She started out, I don't want to use the word abrasive, but she definitely, you know, being a lawyer, she was kind of assertive. Some you know, to being a little bossy, if you will. A lot, a lot of people, have, I saw that critique throughout the week. And so she started out that way, kind of in a sense leading the situation you know, whatever, because she was kind of in control, right? She wasn't going to go on a second date. She was just kind of, you know, kind of, you know, to a certain extent, you might even say using them for a meal per se. Because I mean, if you if you if you really think about how that part of that dynamic started, and then before the movie's over, she's in love with him, holding his hand to, you know, unfortunately go down in infamy, right? So that is a right. major, major aspect of this, how different they were in the dynamic of how that love took place. Mm-hmm. So she yeah. started out being bossy. I felt mm-hmm. that by the end that he handled her to an extent that he could be assertive and she would listen to him. That is an aspect that happens in our lives every day and has to be talked about, in my opinion. Any thoughts on that dynamic and how it applies to today's context versus just in the movie, if you will. Go ahead, Queen. Yes. Um, I mean, you know, I think, you know, they were very different, like you said, and sometimes, you know, opposites attract, and it works really well. Um, but um, one thing that I did notice about when they first met that really stood out to me as a black woman that I'd like to highlight is that um, he said, why did you pick me, you know, and she was like, you look sad. Um, I really thought that, you know, that was kind of highlighting, you know, black women's, um, you know, the the broken bird syndrome where we feel like we got to heal some of, these, some of the people mm-hmm. who are broken, you know, because he, she said he looks sad. Like who wants, yeah, that's real. you know what I mean? Yes, yeah, you're right. You know? 
Yeah, and, and we have a bad habit of doing that. Oh, he looks broken. He he looks like he needs some, someone to make him happy. I, I'll choose him because, you know, I see that sadness and brokenness in him that, you know, a, a lot of us often identify with as well. And been, being broken, you know what it looks like. And, um, you know, she, of course, she had her own scars too, you know, and I just feel like that was something that was going on, a reason she chose him. But they were very different, I think. Um, I also felt like the fact that they didn't have social media or phones or anything allowed them to fall in love. You know, even if even if it were trauma bonding um, because of what they were going through, I feel like it's still, you know, they didn't have any outside influences. All they had was themselves. They didn't have their phones, no, no social media, no news, no anything. And when you're forced to get to know someone and trust them, you know, that ability to, to grow together um, is there, um, you know, a lot quicker than what we would expect. So, yeah, I felt like it was fast that they fell in love, but I felt like it was possible because because the conditions and the environment, of, you know, in, it invited that, you know. Um, but, you know, overall I felt like um, they, they they played the role well, really well together, Um they like you said they the trust uh, you know she, her wall her walls well yeah down, yeah, you know? yeah exactly well I guess what I, and what I want to kind of ask about is that dynamic that we saw on film I yeah. think it yeah, I think like how you beautifully brought because I didn't even think about that like that part where you were talking about how she why she chose him I think you're absolutely right mm-hmm. that a lot of times we do that in our own lives right like we mm-hmm. attract maybe people with scars yeah. and things of that nature. And I'm saying the dynamic mm-hmm. of how they played out through the movie happens in real right. life, in my opinion. Yes. And yeah. it's something that we can discuss. You know what I mean? Just just yeah. how that happens in real life, the perspective of her, in a sense, maybe being somewhat abrasive, kind oh. of bossing him around, mm-hmm. and that yes. dynamic yes. changing in the movie, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying to a certain gotcha. extent, that's something that I think Lena Waithe, by putting it in the movie, is something that yeah. I would say in society we should consider what we saw on film. Oh, and the reason yeah. I say we she was able to it, let her hair down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the reason I'm saying we should consider it is, in my opinion, we often make mistakes in our own lives by not right. allowing the process that we saw in this movie happen. If if, right. if you understand what I'm saying, like we. I got you. Like that dynamic that they had, if they were, if they were not in that under those circumstances, not only would she, you know, let's say they they do go on a second date, right? I don't yeah. know that she ever moves off in a sense, bossing him around. If if, right. if you understand what I'm saying, like that's the dynamic yeah. that we have in today, where men we're always worried about it to a certain extent. And the reason I say we're always worried about it is because I saw all week for those who, what I say, you know, I think you say this as well, for those who miss the beauty of the writing. And 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 kind of just say, oh, here we go. We got another black woman leading the way. Angry, bitter black woman. Like, I'm just saying, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, people were reducing it to that, not understanding right. that the the process to where he became assertive. She started following him in certain areas. They're missing yeah. that because you're going to be caught up right. in the beginning of just how she's acting and how she's treating. Right. Oh God, it's brother weak. Like some people cannot get past <laughs> it because you're already right. triggered. By what yes. the dynamic of the, in a sense, the gender war that is growing out here. That's going on in America, society, yes. In the black, especially yes. in the black community, if you will. And yes. I'm just saying some people couldn't even 
watch the movie to get, get to it. the beauty of that's not how it ended. They were turned off immediately, and a lot of and a lot of people, men are these days, especially by you know these strong black women that are out here, you know, who are aggressive, who are assertive, whatever you want to call it. It it often comes off not just in relationships, but in the corporate America that you know anytime a black woman speaks up or knows what she wants, you know, then you know she's not allowing uh, the black man to lead. And you know, as you said on Thursday, is that that trust has to be built, unfortunately, because of over time what we had to face when it comes to being protected, like you said, by black men. Um, and like you said, there's a huge gender war. Black men have their issues, we have our issues, but um, I definitely feel like um, it would not not have been able to happen. We would not have been able to see it. And hopefully with them seeing that, okay, this black woman didn't trust him. She, she was trying to lead. And then eventually with time, which, you know, so give us some time, have some patience. Don't automatically assume that we're just going to follow you without you showing us and examples of, you know, how we can trust you without seeing that. Like, we, we are we're very visual and, people. And let me throw this in real quick because we're about to go up against the break. Let me throw up just on that one part. I don't even, if I think realistically in my opinion with, with the six-day period of this, I don't think he was necessarily able to earn it in that sense. But what happened is, mm. in my opinion, is when he was assertive, she backed down, which was, in my she opinion did. was a beautiful thing. But, it, mm-hmm. you know, to be fair – you know, this was only a six-day event, so it wasn't like he was able to, you know, <laughs> we can point to where he proved himself, but it was just mm-hmm. when he chose to be assertive, she kind of, yeah. in my opinion, kind of, like when he said, we're going to Cuba, and she wasn't necessarily cool with it, she just accepted, we're going to Cuba. And I just felt like right. that, because he was gentle when she was harsh, she was able to right. receive him when he, he was assertive is kind of what mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah, but we're actually yeah. up against the break. Um, Knowledge Born will get you in coming out of this break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. We'll be right back. Hey, where did you get that hat and T-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at MoneyMotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. Everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still know it's me. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Talk like money. Even walk. Yeah. 
beautiful music from the Queen and Slim soundtrack. That was Moses Sumney, a song called Dooming. What Say You? This is our part two of our discussion. Special guest co-host, subscribe. Got a couple of callers on the line. If you want to get in, you will need to press one to give us your three cents on this morning's discussion. But the knowledge born is trying to get back in. So, Scribes, I'm going to get his quick three cents. The other caller, if you're out there, make sure you press one to let us know you want to speak. Knowledge born, we got you back on, King. What you got for us? Uh, peace. Yeah, I mean, I'm loving how the dialogue is going. And, you know, thank you again. Uh, and you, Queen uh, Soulscribe, for your input. Um, I wanted to say about the, the, the black woman in the film, that's the same black woman. That's Eva from Deliver Us from Eva. That's uh, <laughs> Jada Pinkett's character in Jason's lyric mm-hmm. and, and in mm-hmm. Set It Off. You, un- you understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, So we see this. We see this dynamic right here. And it, it works over a time, you know, a time period. So just like I was saying in regards to the trust factor, you know, and I wanted to go back to what y'all said about, you know, why did you choose me? You know, he was looking for some kind of uh, male ego stroking in that kind of vibe. <laughs> and he didn't get that. So when she said that, I said, damn, out loud in the movie theater. <laughs> and then he said, damn, on the screen. He was like, damn. And oh, that's hilarious. When, when he said, damn, when, when, when she was like, so he said, would it have been the second day? She said, no. I was like, damn. <laughs> and then he said, damn. I was like, yeah, that's real. People was looking at me in the movie. That, yeah, that just shows you how much Lena has you wrapped up in the movie for you to be in that same context. Because I can say, I didn't say it out loud, but brother, I said, damn, to myself. It's like, <laughs> I said, damn, I, I'm like, damn, he just shot the police for you. He couldn't got the second date still, even knowing that. It's like, damn. I'm like, damn. You know, uh, but that was a, a relationship that was there where, you know, historically we worked for what we wanted. You know what I mean? He he put he put some mm-hmm. some work in, you know. And the, the fact that she, that was just like a, a, a true artistic, like, old for me to, you know, all of them sisters that was, you know, even the, the, the biggest sister was like, somebody else served this fool. I'm on my break. You understand what I'm saying? Like, right, the, right. The, the, the let me ask you this real quick, um, Knowledge Born. Let me ask you this real quick. Yeah, let me ask you this real quick. What about those who saw it, and I would, I'm going to use the word trigger. I may be being unfair to, to those. But what about <laughs> those men who did see the movie and saw how she was acted? And, again, it wasn't like it was okay in the beginning. I, I will admit that to a certain extent. But what about the men who said, oh, damn, we just got another character, another angry black woman character? Like, what about I – mean, so what are your thoughts about people who – they settled there even after watching the film, if that, if that makes sense? Any thoughts – for, for those who fall, and again, it's not me attacking them. If somebody feels this way or got good reason, please call the show and give us your three cents. But I just want to see what your thoughts about, because clearly you, myself, and Soulscribe saw beauty in that transition. But for those who saw it as just another angry black woman bossing a black man around, what would you say to that perspective, if you will? I think they got to look a little deeper. Why is she angry? What happened to her? What kind of trauma did she face? 
She was a defense attorney. Who did she have to defend her? You understand what I'm saying? Like the same uncle when she said, you owe me. You know what I mean? So either she was saying, you owe me, uncle, or black man. This is a black woman. You owe me. You understand? So, like, look at this this fuel rage and this, you know, it's kind of parallel like that. They hate you gay. You see what I'm saying? Like, look, you know, what you know, this neglect and things like that, would it burst? You see what I'm saying? The situation that we're in, this volatile situation that we really live in, you know, sometimes it has to be shown through a lens outside of ourselves in order for us to see it. You know what I mean? So that affirming that she was looking for, she got from that black man. If she didn't get it, she would have still been on that same track and vice versa. She healed him in a kind of way. She built him up. You know, because he was kind of timid. They look. They was talking about, yo, they, this dude look a little slow. Is he slow? Like, they really played this dude to the left. You understand? And this is the same dude from uh, Black Panther who was head of the military who was responsible for the border mm-hmm. patrol of Wakanda. So he bowed down to his, his queen, and that was the end of the violence in the land. You understand? So the people got to understand what that is, too. You see what I'm saying? And, and don't allow... You know, certain things to dissuade you in a certain kind of way. Make up your own mind. You know what I mean? Looking nah, thank you, you for those thoughts, King. You just brought, yeah, you just brought a perspective I hadn't thought about. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and let you go, and I want to hear what Soul Squad has to say about a lot of what you had to say, a lot of what you said. But it's a great three cents again this morning. Again, you can get back in. We'll free flow a show, but just make sure you come off the one, just so I know that you want to come back in. But what I'll say to what. Dollars Born is saying when he talks about how he was a little timid and he says he had to build him up. I hadn't, again, as I witnessed the beauty of it, I hadn't thought about it until he just said it, but whether it be, you know, him hanging out the window, him getting on the horse. So (laughs) I didn't think of it that. I didn't even think about that dynamic as being a part of Uh it too. So now I'm even more blown away by what Lena Waithe was doing with that relationship because it allows to show how both can build up. So to a certain extent, yeah, yeah, he's submitting to her to get on this horse that he don't want to get on. You know what I mean? He's submitting to Mm -hmm. her because he says, "I I ain't hanging out this damn window. Like he keeps, right. he says it like that's just not an option, and she right. didn't settle for that, right? Like right. he she did not, do more. he didn't just say no mm-hmm. once and then do it. Yeah. She didn't make it that simple in the writing. He kept right. saying, "I'm not doing that. I'm not doing right. that. I'm not doing that." She made him do something he had and never done before. He loved it, right? And then yeah, she kept. Then she eased down on how she asked him. Yeah. You, if you, you feel me, like that hang out the window part, she changed how she asked him. She kept pro- mm-hmm. probing him, kept whatever. Mm-hmm. So she's literally capturing, in my opinion, the natural dynamic of the ebb and flow that is, in my opinion, very necessary on how we can, to a certain extent, model building relationships with one another knowing mm-hmm. that unfortunately there are levels of dysfunction that we may all have our own trauma. You know, obviously hers was very, you know, she wasn't close to her family. When you hear her story, you get why mm-hmm. based on her full <laughs> right. her full context of her story. It makes sense. So a lot of times when we've had that type of trauma in our own lives, it becomes difficult to build relationships yeah. with others when you mm-hmm. haven't mm-hmm. been properly shown relationships from your own blood. And clearly that was right. her background. And so it makes sense in a sense that that's how she would be, right? But then yeah. 
instead of her staying as that character, in my opinion, for those who mm-hmm. were triggered and only saw her as that, <laughs> they missed the beauty of the transition, like Knowledge Born yeah. said, of her building him up too. And then him, in right. my opinion, you know, saying when he, when he was assertive, she was, when he was, she was at a point where she could have received that. But th- let yeah. him be assertive at the date in the diner. She would have just right. left. Walked out. Yeah. Walked out. Yeah. I agree. Um, we're so quick, I think, to discard each other, you know, especially when we see something wrong with someone. I think, you know, you I, we have to uh, learn some patience and, and care a little more, you know, for the most part. In today's society, what we see is, you know, a black man still woman act like, oh, she's a black bitch. Oh, my God. You know, another one. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not tolerating it. You know, there's no patience. There's no concern. There's no conversation to dig deeper and to find out what's going on with her. Now, is it someone else's responsibility at the end of the day? I think, you know, most people would say no, but I think there is some level of responsibility we have to each other, especially as black men and women, and we have to, you know, show a little bit more compassion and find out what people are going through and, and um, get to the to the root of it if they are able to to be vulnerable or to to let you in to see that. So I think that that's how that's the only way we're going to get you know to true real black love. You know, we're all talking about marriage and love and things like that, but everyone, like you said, has trauma. And um, so we have to be able to get past that and find that if it, if you see it's worth it, if it's not going to damage you, of course, you don't want to be with someone who's toxic, but you know, if it's just something that, you know, happened in their childhood or something that they, they need help with, you know, how we can help each other, you know, and they showed how he helped her by being gentle with her and caring with her. And she was able to let her walls down and to be more open, more vulnerable. And then when she was able to do that, she was able to lift up her king and push him further to do more, to explore more, to be better, to, to, you know, to not be afraid. And they, you know, they were able to just, you know, exchange, you know, they had things, you know, they, she had things he needed, he had things she needed. And that's, that, that natural swap was possible because, because of, because he was gentle with her at the beginning, you know, and, and that, that trust was established. When we can, you know, know that someone has our best interest at heart, they're not trying to harm us, then, then we can go a lot further, you know. Hey, beautiful stuff. And again, if you think this movie was trash, then you don't know why we're talking like we're talking now. And that's what I mm-hmm. say is the beauty of the movie, is that mm-hmm. we can have this part of the discussion. You don't even have to agree with us, right? You can you right. can watch the movie. I'm not saying you have to agree with what I'm hearing you say. I agree with what you're saying. But this dynamic of saying, hey, here's how we can consider how we deal chocolate love as a as a brother knowledge born brought to the table. If this is how we want to build <laughs> chocolate love, these things that we're talking about now literally came from watching a movie. That is art yeah. at its finest. That's what I mean yeah. in a sense of perfection on a screen. Not perfection on a screen because the movie made me feel exactly like I wanted to feel or I liked how different parts of it turned out. And we'll get into that, some of that into the second hour. I definitely want to bring mm-hmm. up uh, another dynamic in reference to that relationship between the two of them and, and, and the actual moment, that the infamous, the infamous moment that started it all, which was the police stop. I want to get into that, you know, going into the second hour. For the caller that's out there, if you want to get in, you do need to press 1 to let me know you want to speak. If you're listening online, the number to get in is 646 
646-787-1691. Again, that number is 646-787-1691. You do have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. We are at the top of the hour. We'll be right back and listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. We'll be right back. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. Welcome back to the Bits of Dialogue talk show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Soul Scribe. Here's more beautiful music, Lauren Hill, on the amazing soundtrack for Queen and Slim. Again, I, I would be shocked to find someone who didn't just adore the soundtrack, regardless of how you may feel about the movie. I hope we'll get some thoughts from those who maybe don't feel that the movie was great. Again, we definitely had that opinion with my brother C. Rick on Thursday night. We definitely thought there were some major issues with the movie, and I'm not saying that they don't exist. Uh, I can admit that hearing, seeing all the dynamic and extremes of thoughts on the movie, all the way from trash to it's an amazing movie, made me a little skeptical, but knowing that I was going to, in a sense, do the pop-up show, I decided, obviously, let me go see it. And so I tried to go see it without all of it in my head. And when it was over, as I said, perfection on the screen for me, that I literally thought to myself, I don't have a a big critique one way or the other just because I'd seen so much dynamic stuff all throughout the week. And it's like I didn't even want to take part of it, part in it because I didn't want to ruin the beautiful stories that I just witnessed. Like like mm-hmm. I talked about this on Thursday night when it comes to the reality for our community as African-Americans specifically that we – grow up in a dynamic in the American experience where, unfortunately, often our context is in the in how we are received by others. That is a, a dynamic thing that some of us learn our way out of, if that makes sense, right? Or some people, in a sense, mm-hmm. never learn their way out of it. And so right. due to that, this movie definitely touched on a lot of relevant issues that are happening today. So the timing of the movie is not only great in that sense, 
but for some people, these very relevant issues are triggering to the certain to the to the extent. For example, Brother C. Rick on Thursday night, who had an issue with the movie, had basically said the movie needs to feel empowering, or we need to be empowered empowered mm-hmm. in the movie. And so, for him, in my opinion, I wish he would. I don't know if he's listening or if he would. If you are listening, see Rick's call in and clarify anything I'm saying. But in my opinion of what he was saying, he was just saying, "Here's how the, in a sense, the movie should go." And so what we challenged, well, what I challenged him on was, and I think Ashley as well, is your expectations of how that movie should go on those issues. For you know, for example, let's just make it clear instead of you being vague. For example, you know that young brother killing a black cop, like how triggering that part was. You know what I mean? Um, there was a mm-hmm. def- definitely a diff- a lot of things that people may have walked away and been triggered to the point where they're like, "Well, this movie didn't go how I wanted to go." I even saw some people prior to the movie coming out saying, "I don't want to go if this is going to be too," you know two people that are going to lose their life at the end. Like, I saw people saying that prior to the movie even, even mm. opening. So if you're in yeah. that position, right, that you're saying, right. I can't take that type of emotion prior to the movie even yeah. coming out, if somebody like that did happen to go see the movie, then I get how the movie is too triggering, if you will, mm. to be enjoyed. Yeah. As much as I yeah. love the movie, and so, you know, I'm coming to bringing all of that in context. And I will yeah. say personally, it's a, I'm not judging anyone, but it is a sad yeah. place that our community yeah. can, in a, to a certain extent, is in to the extent that our writers, such as Alina Waite, are not, in my opinion, sometimes allowed to tell full developed stories because yeah. Those stories may trigger us in way, trigger us in ways we don't want to be triggered, and if that happens, yeah. we miss we can miss the beauty of the art. So I feel like that's right. what, in my opinion, was happening for a lot of people who might somehow yeah. offer this beautiful piece of work as trash. Like that's just for me, that's going too far, yeah. right? Like if it's I say far. it's a five it's and you say it's a three, I'm kind of looking at you a little <laughs> funny, but I can work with that, right? But trash. Yeah. Trash. I, right. I, I, that, I think that that's extreme. what's going on inside of you that's keeping you to, yes. from seeing it. Go ahead. Yes. I know I said a lot. No, no. I think it's unfortunate. Social media did spoil it for a lot of people. I did not um, have any social media influence. I honestly didn't know what the movie was really about. Um, when I went to see it, when I was getting ready to go see it, I had to ask someone, it's like, hey, what's this Queen and Slim movie about? You know, I've been oh, hearing wow. a little. I've been seeing a little. So you got yeah, to I didn't clean. know. You got to watch Fresh yeah, nice. I got to watch it really fresh and clean because I hadn't because I don't watch t- a lot of TV, so I hadn't seen any like ads or anything. So and I didn't hear anything on the radio, so I really didn't know what Queen and Slim was about. And then I have a poet Beautiful. friend who's in the who's in the movie, and and um I saw him posting that he was in it. And I was like, oh, let me go, let me go check it out, let me support. So I honestly wow. Did. I didn't, and I didn't even know what his role was going to be. Of course, right. unfortunately, it was the bad guy at the end. But, yeah, you will um, get to that. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, I just really, um, I think it's unfortunate for people who 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 had the spoilers because I feel like if they had a fresh view of it, they might have gotten a little more from it. Um, I don't think it was trash. I think you can't tell people how to write. I'm a writer. I, I get offended 
someone says, oh, your poem should have went that way. I've had people do that to me. I have a police brutality poem, and people are like, well, what's the message in the poem? So there's no message. I'm just angry. I just wanted to write it. I just wanted to share it because mm-hmm. I'm tired of pe- police killing black people. This poem has absolutely no message other than please stop killing us. <laughs> you know, no, nah, that's dope. I'm, oh, yeah, as a matter of fact, you, you reminded me of a moment I had, quote, unquote, on social media uh, with a guy who follows follows the Minute Dialogue platform, right? There's a mm-hmm. white guy who has been following us for a number of years. And you know our platform is real focused on bringing balanced opinions. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Again, I hope if you don't, again, anybody out there listening, you don't have to agree with myself and Soul Squad. We both love the movie. If you hated it, please call in and tell us why. Uh, but with that said, you're talking about your poem. The same guy is always, in a sense, respected that that's what we've done on the platform. And I, it was, I remember after a particular unfortunate another version of a shooting that happened, you know, at the hand of, of the police, I was very upset. And I basically made a post stating that I was very upset. And so the guy's response was, whoa, this is not normally like you. Where is this coming from? And I had to check him and say, well, you need to know how to stand down and let us be angry when it's time for us to be damn angry. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm feeling you 100% on that that, that that was your emotion that you want to input into that porn and somebody trying to critique it on how they think it should go versus mm-hmm. allowing a writer to do so. And based on the things we've experienced in our lives, I do understand if the movie's too triggering, maybe it ain't the best for you to watch. I'm not going to tell somebody, go watch it anyway. You know what I mean? But I will say to someone that if that's what's happening for you, you are missing the beauty of it. You know, that that I will say to them again, if you're too triggered or you know that you'll be too triggered, maybe maybe you don't watch it, right? Like yeah, like, right. like that's something that I think in our own lives, based on our own trauma, sometimes I think we have to be cognizant of it. You know what I mean? You have to be cognizant of what your triggers are to the extent that, you know, don't go seek those triggers out because some people do that as well. You know what I mean? You seek the triggers out to get, to continue to get into this bad space and, and do things such as, trash or the, or the concept of cancel culture, right? We, we just cancel yes. things because we disagree with it. And so a lot of times we can, we can seek that out unknowingly, you know, if that makes sense. And so I think the movie does have some triggering things for somebody in that space. I think it's sad that they miss it but I do get it. Any thoughts on, you know, just that idea of mm-hmm. maybe for some people they can't, like, do you see any parts of the movie that might oh. be too tough for somebody to yeah. watch? You, can you think of yeah. any parts of the movie yeah. like that? Well, absolutely. Well, we talked about the scene with the, the young black activist or the young boy who wanted to be like, go down in infamy. That was, that was one that I think that was really triggering. And I think, of course, um, I think the end where they were, well, two parts where the black guys turned them in, of course, that being, you know, our, you know, we can't trust our own people and that narrative that they're trying to paint. Um, and I think the other part was when they were shot at the end and then he picked up her body and started walking towards the police you know, I think that was the biggest part that a lot of people hated. I hated it. It, it caught me off guard. I was so wanting them to get on that plane. I wanted them to make it 
didn't expect that. I don't know. People saying that they could predict the movie is crazy. Um, but um, the fact that when he picked her body up and started walking towards the police, I think what the director was trying to do was to say, our our bodies are not weapons. We are not, a, you know what I mean, a threat. But they showed how her body, they, they automatically looked at it as, like, why did they shoot him? Reason, a I reason think, to shoot. A reason yeah. to shoot still. Yeah, he's holding a weapon. Where, is where he's you're going. Because I definitely gathered yeah. that. I definitely gathered yeah. that. Like, once they shoot him while walking towards her, because, you know, in that moment, like you said, for all those people that say the movie was predictable, here's what here's what they're saying, in my opinion, Soul Scribe. Mm-hmm. The people that are saying it's predictable, all they're saying is, well, I knew they were going to die at the end. Like, that's what they're saying. But they're trying to act like they could predict it. Like, you know what I'm saying? That they could predict the moments. But it's, like you said, it was, Lena Waithe surprised us so many times in moments that I'm 100% with you. Nobody was predicting those surprises. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you, no one mm-hmm. no one's in there, but that's how they're going to come off just because uh, – we just assumed they were gonna die at the end, or they might even they <laughs> might even uh, they might they not even be they might not even be shocked that one of our own turned them in. You know what I mean? It's like so. I'm saying I feel like those who are saying it are kind of acting beneath them, you know, acting like everybody else beneath themselves. But they, it wasn't they were predicting those surprises. You're not predicting that that young man pulls that trigger. You, you know what I mean? You're not predicting yeah. that. You know, Flea's wife, Flea, you know, being the, the guy that they first escaped to the white guy's house. You're not predicting that his wife wasn't going to rat him out as much as she was oh, showing yeah. that she wanted to. You're not predicting those things. You think she's going to tell. Because right. she, right. she wants to tell, right? You yes. know what I'm saying? Yes. But But she, she stands by her man as much as she don't like the damn scenario. She doesn't appreciate them being in her house. She makes it real clear. Mm-hmm. She says, hell, I can get the 250 and pay for my damn mortgage. <laughs> right. <laughs> and when the police says, "Are you are you smarter than your? Are you you look a little smarter than your husband?" She don't say nothing. You can't predict those things. You no, know what you I mean? Can't. But anyway, back to the moment that you're talking about in reference to when they actually shoot. Because everybody at that moment, you can't tell me that anybody in that movie is saying, "Well, all he's doing is carrying her." Please don't shoot. If you can predict the movie, you can't say you think they're gonna shoot. You're thinking. He's just caring. There's no, there's no harm for him to. You've already shot her. He's picked her up. I understand you're saying stop, don't walk towards us, but he's not presenting any danger, as you're saying. And so I say all that to say, you're absolutely right on what I felt like what you're saying on what she tried to capture in that moment. And when he, when they shot him down and killed him, not being aggressive towards them, literally just carrying a, a lace, basically a dead woman. How dangerous can you be doing that, right? Both your hands are clearly, you know, carrying her, so you're not presenting a danger. <laughs> but for her to go ahead and allow him to be shot in that moment was the unfortunate reminder of black lives. Don't we're matter. seen as a threat. Yeah, we're seen as a threat. Our bodies are seen as threats, um, and and that's exactly what was being illustrated. He was carrying a, a deadly weapon. <laughs> he was and then right, he, he and so it's was. the epitome of it. So, so I mean, we're at the we're at the break, but I just want to really cap this part right here that you're because you're capturing it. So, for those who didn't want to see that triggering moment, that's the story that she's reminding of us of that mm-hmm. to a certain yes. extent. Let's be honest about this is the America that we live in. Our bodies are a weapon, and black lives don't matter. Somebody might not want to see that, but she 
but the way she captured it was not for them to escape as much as we would have loved for them to escape, and we would have loved the movie had they escaped. We, we wouldn't have had all the trash, probably all some of these trash ratings, right, if, if they do right. escape. Cause that's what we want it to happen. But if, I, if yeah. but if as a writer I want to capture this reality of America, then the way you do yeah. it is have him carry her and get shot while being unaggressive towards the yeah. top. That's amazing yeah. writing. You got you got to love it. it you got to respect it, even though I personally hated it like everybody else. That's the beauty of art. I hated that moment. Right. I hated right. it. Right. But she told that story. Mm-hmm. She made that point. You have to respect it. Let's go to break, and we'll get to um, b- b- Brother Knowledge Born. We'll get you back on 404-920. If you want to get in, make sure you press 1. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. Well, all I ask is that you think. Karate for Children is offered every Sunday at Mount Vernon Presbyterian Church Gymnasium from 2.45 to 4.15 p.m. for ages 5 to 14 years old. Children will learn Japanese karate as well as self-defense prevention skills to handle today's situations like bullying and child abductions. For only $10 a class, children will gain confidence, self-control, and focus all while having fun and getting good physical fitness. There are no bench warmers because everyone participates. Come join our family every Sunday at 471 Mount Vernon Highway, Northeast, Sandy Springs, Georgia, 30328. For more information, call B-Champs at 770-643-1286. Again, that number is 770-643-1286. You know about that, Queen. You don't know nothing about that, Roy. Is <laughs> oh, yes, I do, man. Hold on. <laughs> I'm messing with you. I know you. I, yeah, I'm messing with you, Queen. Nah, absolutely. The soundtrack, okay. yeah, Queen of Slim, was amazing. Uh, what say you? This is part two. Yeah, part two of our dialogue on this amazing movie discussion. Brothers, knowledge born. We're gonna get him back in as well. But just recap, recapturing that that last moment, the way the movie ends. When I say I love the movie, I want people to understand that that moment was just as hurtful for me as it was for those who, you know, because what happens is the reality for us as Americans, there's a certain way we like for movies to go. And we want to, we don't want to leave a movie feeling like that movie made us feel. And so 
I want people to understand that when I say I love the movie, I felt just as hurt, the same hurt that anyone else felt, but I was able to respect her her intentions of why she did it. So, you know, I don't want anyone to think that I like I wanted to escape just like everybody else. But at the end of the day, those surprises of even if you went to the movie knowing oh, they're going to get killed at the end, still the way how it was done, how it was built up, amazingly beautiful. As you mentioned earlier, Queen, our own version of uh, Bunny and Clyde. Uh, let me see what my man – I'm let me let you respond and tell you some of what I'm saying, and then we'll get to Knowledge Born and see what he has to bring to the table because I definitely want to still capture that actual moment of the police stop. Uh, myself and Ashley, if you recall, we kind of had a little back and forth that I want to bring to the table for this morning's discussion that I think is very necessary. But before, but beforehand, again, um, just, you know, just kind of, I guess, rambling in a sense about understanding the beauty of the of the of the movie, even though there were parts that were hard to 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 receive, if you will. Go ahead, Queen. Um, the stop was definitely hard. Um, when she got out the car, um, that was another part that probably is really triggering because it happens so often. Um, you know, when we get stopped by the police, you know, it's like, oh man, <laughs> the trust, you know, and then the uh, fact that he was violating his rights, you know, the way he was just kind of making him do things, not really, you know, asking. Um, so that might have been triggering for a lot of people. Um, they um, actually intentionally selected that car. I think it had something to do with the Tamir Rice case in Ohio, being a white, a white. I think there was uh, other elements that they pulled from, like, actual stuff that happened in in history uh, with police brutality. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah, because uh, I think that the setting was Ohio. Um, and um, there were there were just so many parts that were triggering, I think, you know, the relationship with the mom. Um, I definitely saw myself with that. Her and her mom didn't have a close relationship. Young, a lot of times young black daughters sometimes struggle with the relationships with their moms. Um, they weren't really close. Um, that was triggering, a little triggering for me, you know, then the uncle, the veteran, um, it, I mean, the movie was full of triggers. <laughs> right. And this You're is what Ashley said, ride. I thought was, yeah, no, but here's what Ashley said. So, um, cause one thing, as a matter of fact, let me kind of bring a, con- a little more context to that part. So see Ricks, when he was the, kind of saying what his issues were with the movie and what he didn't like, he kept saying there was too many stereotypical people in the movie. And Ashley's perspective mm. was, well, that's our lives, and yeah. to, to the, the the concept of us being able to connect to the movie was the fact that we do know all these people. So, yes. so, yes. so to look at them, so so there's a perspective of how people should have been, or let's not have the angry black woman character. You know what I mean? Let's not have <laughs> the docile man. You know what I mean? Like that. So the perspective is not let's not even have these people. We want to go and see a movie where we're. Not any of those things, and I'm not. I'm, I don't, mm. I'm, I'm cool with somebody making that movie. You feel me? Like I'm good with yeah. somebody making that movie too. I'm not. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but but we can't be in a the space, in my real. opinion, where mm-hmm. we yeah we can't be in a space, in my opinion, where that's all our writers are allowed to make. We need to be able to make right. full context movies that capture all those dynamics. Or, or I remember specifically mm-hmm. on the show Thursday, we was talking about you know. 
how the uncle was talking to, you know, how that guy was talking to his son or when when he got, you know, when they got hit or whatever, just talking to him, you know, this kind of stuff. And Ashley was like, we know people that talk like that, we right? Like, so we like don't not, yes. we're not going to put them on screen now. We're not like, going to put them on <laughs> right, 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 right. Let's right. put them on screen and it make this felt like family yeah, and friends story. we know. Yeah, absolutely. it was like a Let great representation of the black community. community. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. 646-787-1691. Press 1 to let us know you want to speak. Again, that number's 646-787-1691. I got Brother Knowledge Bourne back on the line. Thanks a lot for getting back in, King. Give us your three cents. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna make mine quick because I don't want to keep interrupting the conversation. But now you're not interrupting, King. We 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 a family show, man. I got I got people. That's why I tell you to get off and come on, man. If you out there and want to get in, you know, I mean, you do a show yourself. You know, at the end of the day, most people don't realize that, but most people don't call shows because it's like talking public, talk, speaking publicly. So you a talk show host. I ain't surprised you getting back in and out this thing, man. Go ahead. Thank you. Good you. With us. Yeah. I just wanted to say, you know, for that shooting scene at the end, I don't, I don't know what's going on in her mind. I hope one day I can get a chance to talk to her, like y'all said, and ask her. If y'all saw Set It Off in that scene where Cleo gets killed, Cleo gets killed in that vicious shootout scene at the end, and they pan mm-hmm. through and they show Dr. Dre and them. After they get killed, they pan through. They show everybody, the people that helped them along the way, the father, everybody. They showed them watching this report on TV. You see what I'm saying? If y'all looked at Jason's lyric, Jason carries lyric after she gets shot, and they leave. You know, Jada Pinkett watches Rivica Fox get shot, and she leaves. The police sees her. He can stop the bus, and he lets her get away because... He remembers he was there at the police when her brother got killed. If y'all remember that and said it all. Oh, yeah. I know I'm black man. Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? So all of these things go together. And I kind of looked at that that scene when Sis got out the car, like that scene in Crash, you know, with that police officer. You see what I'm saying? So it was like it was was too many parallels. I was like, man – Damn, you understand? Like you, you look at that and yeah, you, you got it. I hope you you, you, we, we got to figure out. We need to do a fundraiser to get knowledge born to have dinner with Lena Waite. Let's do. Let's put that up. Can we put that up on social media? Let's do a social media fundraiser for knowledge born to have dinner with Lena Waite. Cause brother. You, you are show enough movie, movie buff, brother, I, I, and I love it. I love it because all these moments you're talking about, I'm a, I like movies too, so I'm remembering them. Again, I didn't connect them the way you're beautifully able to do, but these are questions I would love to watch her answer because, like, you know, what are these intentions? Because as you're breaking them down, I can't imagine that they're not intentional. Like, I can't imagine because you're absolutely right. The pan, the pan around to each individual. Let me throw this out real quick as a side note. I was super surprised that the father who didn't agree with them fixed their car, whose son ends up being, the, you know, the one that killed the cop. I was actually surprised that he chose to attend the funeral. He wasn't fans of him anyway. I would expect him to be even more angry after his, uh, you know, son did that, but he was able to put it in context and attend the funeral. So I was actually surprised at that, that one character being shown, just to throw that out there. But I want to break down the actual police stop. We got some other calls on the line. You have to press one. 
If you're out there listening, you have to press 1 to let us know that you want to speak. So I'm going to break down that police stop, like you said, out of crash. I want to hear, uh, again, I'll get a quick thought from you. I want to hear Soul Scribe to see if anybody else wants to get in. Um, yeah, can, I, my can I talk a little quick about that? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. yeah, yeah, go ahead. yeah give me thoughts on it real quick. Go ahead. Like he showed kind of like he was towing the line with them actually pulling him over. If you remember the radio dialogue between him and the dispatch, he was like, you know, mm-hmm. possible DUIs. She was like, do you need backup? He said no. That was said, strange no. as hell. That was strange yeah. as all hell. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. So for all of that, you know, to happen and for him to approach the vehicle in the way that he approached the vehicle and then with the, you know, with the sister saying, I'm an attorney, I, I kind of expected that. Well, we know that, like, what actually happened based off of who watched previews or whatever the case may be. But I think in a, another situation would have been a little different. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't think no no police officer makes some kind of stop one deep late night with a car, you know, and don't call for no backup. That kind of wasn't realistic. You see what I'm saying to me? Um, but however, you know, the things went, I think it was very critical, that little bit of conversation, because that's like basically the last conversation that he had living. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's right. Uh, thinking like, okay, I can handle this situation by myself. You know, it it doesn't matter. You see what I'm saying? So it, it's just, it was a bunch of elements that was there uh, in that stop that kind of just looked off. You see what I'm saying? And, and for the police to shoot her in the leg and not in the head, you understand? Like that was a miracle. You see, you see what I'm saying? That was a miracle. They don't. Pull, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna give you. I'm give you some thoughts on it. We're actually about to go up against the break, so I'm letting you get all your thoughts out, and um, and we'll hit the break, and I'll respond. I don't think I don't think I see it the way you do, but I don't, but we're at the break, so I'm not gonna do a back and forth because I want to make sure these other callers want to get in. Um, okay, and I'll yeah, give you my cool. thoughts on it. You know what I mean? On how I see it again. Your thoughts are as fair as well, but I see realism in it. I also see her intentionally disregarding, like you said, the idea of an attorney, because I think we do understand typically a cop's definitely going to act right if there's an attorney, right? I think her pointing that out and the cop still acting that way was intentional to create the tension of the moment. So I think she intentionally did that. So that part seemed a little unreal, if you will. The other aspects of it were relatively real, in my opinion, and obviously we can you know, agree to disagree on that part. But, you know, with that said, let me go to this break, King. Come off the one. We'll still open you to come back up in after the break as well. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. But all I ask is that you think. We'll be right back. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. And you 
gotta swear. Nothing new under the sun, nobody with up with sun. I got a couple of sons, a couple of guns, a couple of in that bus of the party and fuck up the fun. She digging me and I'm cuffing a friend. She iggin' you always for fun. I got a suck in the thumb, that my little baby. She call me daddy like grandmama baby. If this Sunday dinner, my hand on the gravy. I've been on the craziest wave. If I'm on the stage, it ends my minimum wage. This ain't no kennel, but hey, if it's looking just without that barking, we send in a stray. So in a way we the dog catchers. How many bullets your dog catching? Saw dog bro. Welcome back to the Vincent Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Cyber TV, along with special guest co-host Soul Scribe. You just heard another cut from the amazing soundtrack, Queen of Slims, that was Dreamville, one of my favorite songs. So it was dope to hear it in the actual actual movie. So as you see, the soundtrack moves from old school to new school. I think it did a beautiful job. I love just how the music hit when it did in the music. It was definitely an actual in my opinion, an actual character in the movie. Uh, as I was listening, as the movie was happening, I was still thinking to myself, I said, the last time I remember paying this much attention to a soundtrack as a movie was happening was all the way back uh, for Above the Rim. And it was like, for me, I remember, you know, we've had beautiful soundtracks in our lifetime, but it was almost like in Above the Rim, the whole the soundtrack was part of the movie. That's exactly how I felt about the Queen of Slim soundtrack, just throwing it out there, um, close ride. But with that said, let's talk about that stop specifically as um, Brother Knowledge Bourne was bringing, you know, th- that aspect of how that stop happened. And so the one thing that I was where I kind of differ in the sense that cops still do make late night stops on their own. Um, the one time I was falsely arrested, they didn't bring back up uh, or whatever. And when I say falsely arrested, uh, I was arrested for possible DUI go and blow zero 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 dudes just being an a-hole and obviously I beat the case it wasn't an issue didn't even have to go in the courtroom didn't get my money for impound back and didn't get my money for time off work back but again they didn't bring back up for my possible DUI if you will so that's a again doesn't prove it's every scenario but just throwing out the brother said you know he thought that he would have called for backup um wasn't a, it didn't seem to be a dangerous situation with the two people so in that sense he didn't call for backup that that's how I see that and then in the moment of uh or, you know in a sense reaching her reaching for the cell phone and she gets shot in the leg uh I have a, a, a friend who's in the FBI and Target rates for even experts are not what you think they are. They definitely typically aim for mass, but in that, in that moment, I'm pretty sure he aimed for the stomach and hit the leg. It, it, it's crazy as that sounds, but you just got to think of the dynamic. There's a man in front. She's angled at the, you know, angled by the car where she's getting out at, and so, you know, shots. So happened to get her in the leg. Obviously, for the movie, she had to get hit in the leg because if she gets shot in the head, the movie's over. So, so, so again, different ways to see, you know, different ways to see that moment. But I just want to throw out that it wasn't mm-hmm. completely unrealistic to me. But the bigger point that I wanted to discuss with you, Soul Scribe, was the concept of getting out of the car. If you recall, I know you listened to the show. You heard the dynamic between me and Ashley. Who she's um, used to throw it out there. She's soon going to be. Uh, taking her bar or whatever, because she's a, uh, eventually going to be one of dynamic sisters is going to be a lawyer in this town uh, for the most part. But for her, if you recall, she and I disagreed on that part, the idea of that sister getting out of the car. And what Ashley said to me very poignantly on Thursday night, which is a fair question, she says if she doesn't get out of the car, 
and that cop shoots him and kills him, then what? And that was her making the case for why she should have gotten out of the car. That was her saying that she would have gotten out of the car, and she said on Thursday night that that's not how she would teach her children. Because what I offered on Thursday night, which and I said, what I'm about to say is probably not too favorable based on how we saw that moment and how it was set on the movie that it was self-defense. I'm not arguing or disagreeing that that situation was self-defense. I agree that it was self-defense. However, I took the opportunity on Thursday, and I'm going to take the same opportunity on this show to still share she cannot get out of the car, and I'll tell you my my reasons why, and we can discuss it, you and I subscribe. But at the end of the day, if you understand cop training at all, and rarely do we look at it from their perspective, right? But if you understand a cop's training, they're supposed to control moments. Clearly this clock was in the wrong in the way that he was doing things. He was going over the top. No way should that gun have ever been pulled on Slim, the character, right? It was done out of his own ego just because Slim said, can you hurry up? It's cold out here. And they, to you know, in his own ego, the cop who was already being an a-hole pulls and points a gun at him. Obviously very unnecessary, but you cannot, if you are her character, again, we're not going to change the movie. I'm just talking about the real-life aspects of us dialoguing about that moment or as a teachable moment for our children. She cannot get out of the car because the way a cop's training is if someone gets out of the car without your permission, receive it as intent to harm you because now you have lost control of the scene. The cop is in controlling the scene. He asked him to leave the, you know, leave the car. She stay in the car. If that second person gets out of the car at that moment, again, he was being an a-hole. I am not trying to make her wrong. I'm talking about the reality and making people aware of what a cop's training is. If he, if a, he or she is not in control of that scenario, then they are going to be on heightened alert for that they are at risk. So although she's announcing I am reaching for my cell phone, that's not a chance that he's going to take with one person in front of him and a second person out of the car. The cop is not going to take the chance that it is actually a cell phone. Not trying to make her wrong, but as a perspective that I want to bring to the table, again, as a teachable moment to our young people, stay in the car even though there was a risk that this cop had the gun pulled for no reason. I'm trying to be as clear as I can here. At Slim, still stay in the car. Any thoughts on that, Queen? Uh, yes, I definitely have some thoughts on that. Um, I feel like her getting out of the car definitely escalated things. Um, and uh, I know that in America, there are, we have to be realistic about, yes, we have rights. <laughs> but this is America, and so a lot of times our rights are violated, and I think at the end of the day, you want to try to make it home, and I think when she got out of the car, it just really got messy. It, for me, it, even if I weren't a cop, if two people get out of the car standing in front of me, you know, that's, an, that's a threat. I'm one person. So I think, you know, especially for a police officer in today's time who, of course, now they're being targeted, especially, you know, by black black people as well. 
um, is that he's going to try to protect himself. He's trying to make it. I don't home. know. I'm gonna throw make We've had maybe a couple people do that, but we, we yeah. there's a whole bunch more white people that did that than us. So I ain't gonna go. To, I ain't gonna let you let. That's I ain't gonna true. let that one slide. Like I say, we got we got our two examples that put over the news. But let me line up protest. all the people that's doing some yeah. cop killings. They don't look like us. So I ain't gonna let that one slide. Okay. Go ahead and get back okay, to the South Queen. We've had some protests, <laughs> not a lot, but there was some protests. In well, 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 we 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 ain't killing in no protests. They shouldn't have nothing to worry yeah. about. During a protest, yes. you know what I mean. <laughs> so that ain't even a so, that ain't even an issue. But let's not let that slide. But go ahead, Queen. I want you. Make, I know you're making another point, but I just couldn't let that part slide. Go ahead, Queen. All right, that's fine. That's fine. They're trying to get home. We're trying to get home. Um, and um, for instance, when I was married, my ex-husband used to do things that really annoyed me. And I'm just going to be honest. He uh, would behave differently in public around, like, for instance, if we're getting on an elevator at a hospital one time and there was this white woman who got on, who was getting on the elevator too, and he was just very, you know, very passive. He's like, he he was a played offensive line in, in college, so he's a real big guy, 300 pounds, six, six, you know, I mean, uh, not six, six, but he's really tall, and he has to, he, he felt like he always has to be a little bit more Send it around them, you know, oh, present man. himself a certain way. And it used to annoy the shit out of me. I used to be like, why are you being so nice? Why are you being so extra? Like, what the hell? Like, why'd she, why'd she need to get on the elevator first? You know what I mean? Why, why, you know, why are you, you know, just doing all this extra stuff for me? I'm like, oh, you shucking and jiving. You know, you, <laughs> mm-hmm. what's the problem, you know? And then, mm-hmm. you know, and then he also, he would communicate to me and he used to really kiss me up and he would tell me, as a black man, that that was how he has, especially looking like he looks, okay? Um, and then he would say, you know, when I get pulled over, I have to put my hands out the window. And he and I was with him when he did that one time. He had his hands over out the, out the car, like, so that they would know his hands didn't have any weapons in them. You know, we're because in Alabama getting pulled over. Somebody and he's properly, like, yes, yes. somebody properly had the quote-unquote the talk, right? Somebody yes. had to talk yes. with your ex-husband, so that's how he yeah. understood, and that's what I'm trying to do with this very moment. And so, mm-hmm. again, okay for you know asking to disagree. We you know we definitely yeah. disagreed on it, but I'm saying mm-hmm. for anybody out out there who may be disagreeing, understand right. that the other side of it. But I'm gonna go even a step further because we were talking about the dynamic of. The, the beautiful dynamic of how they grew their relationship over the course of those six days. If you recall, yeah. it wasn't too long after they had shot the cop and they get to this one spot. And she actually asked him that based on where the discussion was because I mean, they were having a little back and forth. And she was like, you think it was wrong that I got out of the car? You think it was wrong that I got out of the car? And mm-hmm. in my eyes, the brother looked at her and chose silence. And the reason that he chose silence, now this is back to the dynamic of their relationship in my opinion. The reason he chose silence is while he disagreed with her getting out of the car, even though the gun was pointed at his head, or while he disagreed with it, he chose silence because it was neither here nor there. We are now on the run. So what I'm not going to bring to this dialogue is an argument with you about what you should have done when we are now in these scenarios. We are now in this real-life scenario of being on the run. I actually thought it was, a, in a sense, for those who initially saw her as kind of bossing him around, I thought it was an extremely manly decision to, go, to not answer her. And so, hmm. for me, that was the start of him asserting himself, if you will. So that moment of yeah. silence, 
versus hmm. creating the dialogue of whether he, what you know, he didn't even tell her what he thought one way or another, right? So that that and the and the way they captured that on screen, in my opinion, lets me know that's exactly where they were starting the dynamic of him saying we're in the situation. I'm I'm fit to assert myself by not engaging you in this dialogue that she was clearly ready to have, right? Because of whatever he had said or whatever they were discussing, it made her ask, well, do you think I was wrong getting out of the car? Like it made her ask that, right? And he chose silence. And so I also want to share that in him making that decision, as I consider making that manly decision to be silent versus engage her, I also want to share not only in speaking to the actual tactical reasons why you shouldn't leave the car and, in a sense, make an officer feel endangered, whether you're doing something to endanger them or not. That is just their hiding, heightened response. You can, you can disagree with it if you want to. I'm speaking to reality. But, but tactical stuff aside, back to the male-woman relationship, the man-woman relationship between them, ultimately, let me say this to all queens, as a black man, even if I, in, in that very same scenario, I want every queen to hear this. We never would want you to get out of the car and risk both of us getting killed. So we as men want you to stay in the car regardless. I respect the warrior spirit. I respect y'all's natural need because she got out of the car to, with good intentions to ensure that he was safe. So her intentions right. were very good, but I want sisters to hear what we as men think protection looks like. And we, it looks like you stand in the car, and if, in fact, I am shot, if be, get it, stay in the car, record it for me in the car. I'm not saying I'm okay with being shot. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm okay right. with being killed. But I want sisters to hear, I want our queens to hear that as men, our protection is you as the woman, please stay in the car and live to tell the world about my story. If we are married, use my wife, you damn sure better stay in the car because I need you to collect this money and raise our kids. I don't need you to get out of the car and and our children lose both their parents because we're scared of me, a scary-ass cop, or an asshole cop like we saw in the movie. So in, right. in, in addition to the technical stuff, I want sisters to hear what we as men, why we don't want you to get out of the car. You can go with your emotion and come to save us and protect you if you, if you want. We are telling right. you we don't want you to do that for this reason. I hope queens can hear that loud and clear. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to the last break, and you can come out of the break and respond, subscribe. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. All I ask is that you think we'll be right back. Hey, where did you get that hat and T-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at MoneyMotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. 
If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still know with me. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Talk like money. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. If you have a product or service you want to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, please contact me directly again at 404-604-9477 or contact me via social media on at Mental Dialogue on Facebook or at Mental underscore Dialogue at IG. You can DM me and we'll send out our advertising packages. We definitely need your support if you have a product or service. If you are an individual, you also can support, as you heard, at MentalDialogue.com. There are individual um, support levels. So if you're outside of Atlanta, we ask you that you become a supporter. If you're in Atlanta, be like SoulScribe and be a member of this community club. Uh, She could definitely test to that we are literally a neighbors, even though we don't live next to each other, is the idea of creating this <laughs> virtual neighborhood where we can look out for each other. We've had literally live on the air people connect and do business with each other, literally from examples, literally live on the air. So we are trying to, trying to be your virtual neighborhood. So please consider becoming a part of what we're doing and keeping intelligent radio on the air. But back to this morning's discussion question. Queen and Slim, the movie, What Say You? Uh, I said a lot before the break, Queen, about the actual stop itself and moving it out of the context of the movie, but how it can apply in our own lives because this is unfortunately can and will be a reality for many of us, regardless of where we may live. These are things that can and will happen. And so if we're going to have the talk, my recommendation is if you are that second person, man or woman, do not leave that car. But specifically from the stand, standpoint of a man and woman relationship, I explain not only the tactical reasons, but why as men we consider our protection in the sense that you do not enter that moment, period, regardless of the outcome. Any thoughts on that, Queen? Uh, I would say I, I, I totally agree with what you said. Um, you know, I felt like I said she – Getting out of the car definitely escalated things. When you get out of the car, it's just not about to get any better. I mean, that's just not how that's just not how it's going to go. So knowing that, being prepared for something like that as a passenger, you know, is is very important. Um, and and to let the man take care of the situation um, on his own. Um, you know, like I said, you're trying to make it home. Um, you don't you don't want to put yourself in a position to where you know, now this cop is really threatened. He's already scary. Like, you know, a lot of these cops these days, you know, say, oh, I felt feared for my life. Um, we just, you just don't want to put yourself in that position. It's not going to get any better. And you can't fight for justice if you're dead. You know, if you really want to make a point, 
you know, try to make it home at the end of the day to either, you know, fight politically or raise those children if you are married and, uh, you know, tell his, his, the legacy and, and, um, and just, you know, do your, what you're supposed to do as, as a parent. Um, and, as yeah, a living totally parent, agree. as a living parent, yes. I don't, yes. don't, as my wife, my girlfriend, my date for the first time with this scenario, if we want to take it back to the movie's actual scenario, even as my date for the first time, do not get out of that mm-hmm. car, even though your right. intentions are good and your right. intentions are to help. Like, right. that's <laughs> also a reason to, when you have the talk with your children, so, you know, yes. there's all types of scenarios, but when it, I'm, you know, you have children. I, I still hope to mm-hmm. get married and have children one day, but I'll say to anybody out there with children, and I will say this to my children if I'm ever fortunate enough to do so, that at the end of the day, I'd much rather call and pick you up from jail than something right. else. And so right. I also want to make this very clear because I've had Know Your Rights events. I've been part of these discussions with, you know, again, knowing your rights. And you said it best already, Scribe. Like, I want you to know your rights so that if you're my child, we can go use them in the court of law. I have no concern with you knowing your rights to be antagonistic with a police officer who, like maybe the example in the movie, is going above and beyond, right? And so while I absolutely would have my child understand, do not submit or answer yes to that search, right, because that's something that we do know. So I want my child to know the rights of not allowing themselves to mm-hmm. be searched, right? Mm-hmm. But right, do right. it, but also do it in a manner. And the cops not going to like that, even if you submit that you know, you know, you just your answer is no. Cops not going to like that part, right? Right, but the mm-hmm. dynamic, even though that cop was being an a hole, the dynamic of returning that energy is a, is something that I would want my child not to do outside of just kind of standing their grounds on the right on their rights in a pleasant way, if you will, and learn to ask the right questions. Am I being detained? If they're being detained, then Let's go ahead and let's talk about this right now while we're having this moment. If the cop says you're being detained, then they do have a right to, in a sense, do an investigation. And it's like a, a cursory investigation in the moment. If they're saying you're being detained, you can't walk away. If they say that you're not being arrested, they're saying you're being detained. Some people, I've seen people on video try to walk away when the cop does initially say you are detained. Now, initially, they typically won't say it. They're going to try to get as much as they can get out of you before you ask those questions where they have to legally respond to you, right? So if they can talk to you without telling you you're detained, then at that point you are able to walk away. But if what you ask that question, are you being detained, you're not. These are just small things that I would like people to understand in these moments. And then if they detain you and do an investigation and now they're deciding that they are going to take you in, you can now ask why am I being arrested, and they have to answer you. If a cop does not answer you, then you, I want my child to know, remember, you got arrested without being given the answer. We're going to use that in my child's favor. I don't want my child who's not getting an answer from the cop to start demanding that the cop answer them. That's what I'm trying to explain in knowing your rights and how to play it out in that moment. Because what I don't want my child to run into is that one 
bad cop with a death wish on his mind that day, right? And exacerbating that situation, even though the cop is in the wrong the entire time. I want my child to understand and know their rights in order to record in, in their mind, if you will, right, all the things that were done wrong in order to be used in our advantage. What I am not wanting my child to do is to go back and forth with that particular cop, man or woman, black or white, who's in that mood that day. When I experienced my own false arrest, again, I blew zero, zero, zero. When I blew zero, 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 the guy that tested me at the precinct said, I was outside the room, but I heard him tell that cop, he says, you've done something that I've only seen happen once in 20 my 25 years of doing this, the cop says, what? You brought somebody in here that blew zero, zero, zero. It got to that point because mm. eventually I realized this this guy was determined to take me in. At that point, the back and forth, my back and forth never was, in, you know, like never in a way of, you know, being aggressive with it. But, of course, I'm asking the questions like, hey, you know, did I do that wrong, which I didn't think I, you know, I thought he gave me like a little, you know, on a sobriety test, not a one that you blow in, but, you know, like to walk straight and hold your, you know, whatever, that kind of thing or whatever. So I thought the first one I thought because I was so nervous, I knew I had blew it. And when he gave me the second test, I thought I did it perfect, right? And so I was shocked. I'm like, why are you now wanting to take me in? I'm also thinking I'm finna get, you know, blow right there on the spot and get let go because I knew I hadn't been drinking anything. But, in, you know, just in this particular situation, the Atlanta Police Department doesn't carry breathalyzer, so they literally – impound you, take you in, and you blow at the precinct. And, and, and even take that even further, all precincts have to blow at the precinct because those are the ones that are calibrated. But a lot of the ones they carry out in on the road, just to throw that out there, are kind of used just to decide typically whether they're going to take you in or not. So they're not the, that's why they always have to give you another test when they get you back because that's the official one. Just again, I'm just throwing out a lot of information because, in my opinion, this movie gives us reason to discuss it. While we know it was self-defense and that cop was being an a-hole, I still stand by it was not correct for her to get out of the car. I'm not trying to rewrite the movie, but just take this teachable moment to describe what knowing your rights, in my opinion, should look like, what we should teach our children to understand about knowing your rights, and not necessarily, as you said, Soul Scribe, this is America. We've watched plenty of videos where we see you know, white people going back and forth and some of them knowing their rights and backing the cops down. Like, that ain't the position I'm trying to have my kid be in. Don't try to, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, again, state your rights pleasantly, and sometimes it will work in your favor. But if, like, that cop that took me in, that was determined to take me in, once I saw that, there's no need to go back and forth because he's going to take me in regardless of the fact that I'm right. just nervous and he won't listen to me explain that to him. Go ahead, Queen. We got a minute and a half, but I really wanted to bring that home when it comes to this movie. Go ahead, Queen. Right, right. I all of, all of the teaching that you just gave, I think, is is great for for us to know as a people, and hopefully, people will receive it and see that it is not about being cowardly. That it is, you know, simply about knowing, you know, what our what what is real and what isn't, and and how we can truly, you know, make a difference if we're trying to to fight against police brutality. So, um, you know, I really don't have, you know, anything, you know. Uh, other than to say about that other than so she should have stayed in the car um i totally would not have you know put escalated the situation by jumping out and trying to yell at a cop and things like that so right. and um, i want people so to hear you great. when you say 
escalated. You know, I don't want people to hear you as blaming her. You're just speaking the facts no. of what it does. It escalates the right. moment, and that's not even okay. about making it her fault. We understand her intentions, and you know, yeah. and then as she said the other night, she was like, "Well, he would have gotten killed." I right. maybe so. I'm not saying she's yeah. wrong about that. And in this movie, so right. happened she gets shots in the leg and they live. But you know what else could have happened? They both could have got killed. Right. That's right. the other part showed, of this. Make sure your child comes home. He showed great leadership by not blaming her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely yeah. did he a great, great job with that. By but not at the end of the day, yeah. No, absolutely. Make sure your child comes home. We will see y'all next Saturday. All I ask is that you think. Thank you, Queen, for being with us. Thank you.